All right, here we go. Episode 38 of the Always Loyal podcast presented by Stone Brewing. Coming up, the man who announced his retirement a week ago makes the most disappointing start to a post-playing career possible. He's stuck on a podcast with me. Kidding, kidding. A Liverpool legend, Jack Metcalf, joins the show. We're going to get ready for the final week of the season, the postseason, and we're going to learn a little bit more about one of our favorites. All that coming up on the Always Loyal podcast. Stone Buena Mesa Salt and Lime Lager is brewed with real lime and a touch of sea salt. It's the perfect beer for enjoying in the summer sun. Stone Brewing, also proud to be a longtime partner of the Surfrider Foundation San Diego chapter dedicated to the protection and enjoyment of the world's oceans, waves, and beaches. That's why for every six-pack of Buena Mesa Salt, Stone is donating $2 to Surfrider. You can visit find.stonebrewing.com to track down Buena Mesa near you. Do Buena. Live with that right for a bomb. Crossed, batted free, and headed home. It's Gino to Wild San Diego. All right, here we go. One more regular season game, and then it is playoff time for San Diego Loyal. Welcome to the Always Loyal podcast. I'm Jordan. No Darren Smith this week. He's going to be back next week. Uh, before we get to Jack Metcalf, who will join the show today. A few things that you may want to know coming up this weekend as we wrap up the regular season. Loyal are going to play their final match of the season this weekend at Sacramento. It's the number two against the number four seeds out West. It's the final regular season game for both teams. And something that makes this matchup pretty unique is the fact that San Diego and Sacramento both already know exactly what seed they will be in the West. San Diego, one of them, Sacramento, one of them, Colorado Springs knows exactly where they will be. They'll be a three seed. San Antonio has locked up the one seed for quite some time. They're 16 points clear of San Diego right now. So we know one through four and it will not change. What we don't know our numbers five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It could finish in any order. We don't know exactly who San Diego will play in that opening round against the playoffs. Sacramento has no idea who they will play in the opening round, the quarterfinal round in the postseason. So it's two teams who play each other this week. I don't know what to expect in this matchup because to me, it seems like an opportunity probably to rest some legs. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what Landon Donovan and Nate Miller have in mind when it comes to roster, when it comes to starting 11, but it seems like there's at least potential for both sides to get ready for the postseason, I guess, if you will want to say it that way. Rest some guys, make sure everyone is kind of ready to go uh, for the matches that especially matter now. Because again, no matter what happens, no matter the result for San Diego this weekend, win, loss, or draw, they're going to be the two seed. They can't really control what's going to happen with the seven seed. That's the seed they're lined up to play. So I, I just don't know how you can worry about something like that. I guess if you really wanted to make an argument about something that is on the line would be comparing yourself to the teams out East. But I mean, you're just kind of assuming so many things to go down the stretch. So uh, San Diego clearly wants to go out and get three points. I think that's no one would argue that, but I, I do also see the opportunity out there for the, at least the potential to rest some legs this weekend. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we'll see. One thing I do know that's going to happen. Jack Metcalf is going to join the podcast. Very excited for this. Jack Metcalf. Uh, it's his debut on the always loyal podcast. He, he joined Darren and I on match day live a few times. And I really enjoyed the conversations every time Jack uh, would stop by. And so I'm really excited for this conversation. And especially because now that we're doing the podcast instead of a pre and a post game show, 
uh, when everyone's already at the stadium. The, the benefit of doing this show here during the week now is Jack Metcalf finishes a game playing 90 minutes and he comes over to match day live. And we're going to talk about what just happened on the field. We wouldn't have the opportunity to really dive into what we're going to be able to dive in today on the podcast, which my goal at least, and I, I have yet to chat with Jack, my goal, at least in the conversation, is is to learn more about him, the individual. And I, I want to know how San Diego impacted his life and how Loyal has has changed or maybe altered um, where he's headed or what he wants to do now in his post-playing career. But I really want to get to know just Jack, the person growing up and what it was like for him signing with Liverpool Football Club at such a young age and, and kind of going through everything that he went through and then playing collegiately at Clemson. And then we know his story. We'll dive into the story. So I just want to hear, I want to learn a little bit more about Jack because we had a really, I thought a great moment. He was on the field with Landon Donovan framed Jersey retirement ceremony uh, in the final regular season home game. That was a great, great moment. We'll ask Jack about that moment. We'll ask him what Landon Donovan told him there and, and what those conversations uh, were like when the decision was being made, whether to retire uh, or not. And we'll ask him why. Why now? Why is the time to retire? So plenty of questions for Jack Metcalf. Looking forward uh, to him joining the Always Loyal podcast for the very first time. We'll get to the table update coming up in segment number three. But coming up next, Jack Metcalf, who just announced his retirement days ago, uh, will tell us all about that decision coming up next. Adams sending it in, hit it! at the right place at the right time. Grant Stoneman, I think, getting up there, hitting it off the post, and Among following it up. San Diego Community Power is a not-for-profit public agency committed to providing clean, renewable energy at competitive rates and investing in innovative programs that benefit our communities. You can visit sdcommunitypower.org to learn more about cleaner energy choices. We mentioned the star of the episode today. He is Jack Metcalf, made some news last week, announced his retirement, signed with Liverpool as a 10-year-old, played mm -hmm. collegiately with Clemson, uh, spent time with Atlanta United before making his way to San Diego, started with SD Loyal since the beginning. I know I missed some clubs there in between. <laughs> You've had a long career, yeah. Jack Metcalf. Yeah. I've, I missed a few. Welcome to the podcast. My very first question is, what in the world are you thinking retiring now? We're about to win a championship. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for thanks for having me on. And hopefully, uh, before I hang them up at the end of the season, we can we can win a trophy. But yeah, look, I think, you know, it's uh, for every player comes a time when, you know, you start to think about stuff like that. And I think for me personally, um, something that I was probably thinking about since I got injured last season. Um, and I was out for a long period of time. And when you're out that long and you got a serious injury like that, it's kind of a shock to the system. Um, and you know, at my age, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not doing much like a practice. I wasn't doing hardly anything for a long time. So, um, yeah, I started to think a little bit more about retirement and, and the timing was right. But, uh, yeah, um, it'll be, it'll be hard to leave everyone at San Diego loyal. And that's such a special place with a lot of special people. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, the timing was right. So, um, yeah, I felt like, um, you know, I told the team and the staff and everyone several months ago and stuff. Um, and obviously the last home game, they wanted to do something special, which was, um, which was really nice. And, you know, I was much appreci 
appreciative of that. And um, yeah, it was a it was a fun day, but hopefully a lot a lot more games to go this season. And um, yeah, we can we can cap it off with a with a trophy here. So retirement not official until the season is over. Right. Until you got to right. leave that the door open for that championship for exactly. lifting the cup right exactly. there. Yeah, you, you referenced it. Um, tell us about the injury. Clearly, it had had an impact on all this. Tell us about it. Yeah. Um, so I was obviously last year. I think it was August first. Um, but yeah, I was out for from August first till the start of the season. Um, I actually got cleared for contact um, after about four months, I think. Um, but it, my shoulder still wasn't right um, at that point. You know, I was still in a lot of pain, still a, a lot of restriction. But in terms of the injury itself, yeah, I fractured my clavicle in, I guess, four places. So there's like a, a plate and six or seven pins in there. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I've been super lucky to not have a, a serious injury for my whole career. Um, and then that one came, came along um, and it kind of woke me up to, you know, what life would be like when you're not kicking a ball every day. And um, there's some tough days um, there and, you know, and kind of where I'm at now is I'm kind of appreciative for, for that time because it did give me some perspective on, you know, um, how, you know, how old I was uh, in my career. And it was more like, okay, well, it's probably time to, to get things set up for my, for my post playing career. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a tough injury and, and, and I had some tough times there um, for, I think I didn't play a game in seven months, um, something like that. So um, yeah, something most players go through, I think. Um, but, but with the time in mind, it, ju it just made sense to, to try and get some things um, set up and, and explore some things for, for when, for when I, I did eventually hang them up. You mentioned you told the team months ago this was not yeah. a surprise to the team or the coaching staff. What was that conversation like? It is it weird having the conversation like saying it out loud? I'm going to retire. I'm not going to play anymore. Yeah, for sure. And I think with the players, I think it was more. You know, we talk fairly often, uh, and it's kind of like a general conversation. And in passing, I may have said, "Well, you know, I'm not sure whether I'll continue after this season and stuff like that." Just in in general conversation. But then there came a time when. You know, it was strange when I sat down with, with Landon at first and was like, hey, like, this is what I'm thinking. Um, and I obviously wanted to, to tell those guys first. Um, and yeah, it was saying it out loud for sure was definitely stranger first. Um, you know, like I said in my in my post um, about, about retirement, since the age of 10, um, I've been training pretty much full-time. Liverpool, Wolves, Clemson, Charlotte, um, Atlanta, and, and now here. Um, it was strange to think that that could be, you know, the, the last season. Um, but yeah, having those conversations and, you know, I sat down with, with obviously Landon, you know, Nate, um, TD, uh, Ricardo, um, who, who was also very helpful in, throughout the process. And everyone in the club, like all the staff, all my teammates were, were super supportive of, of my decision. And, um, and yeah, they're, like I said before, they're special people. So um, it's, it's been, it's been made a lot easier um, having those people around me for sure. Let's uh, let's get to know young Jack Metcalf, uh, the Liverpool supporter that you are at a young age and even now. Who in who gets the credit? Who introduced you to football? You know what? Um, my dad likes to tell a story about how when I was super young, like three or four, we went to the local park and we uh, were kicking a ball around my brother and some friends. And he said from that moment, like he said that you know I could 
dribble with it and whatever at a young age. And he seems to be the one that's taking the credit for uh, the introduction. Um, but ever since I can remember, you know, at school when we would get a break, I can remember me and my friends would just sprint down to uh, the little the little concrete yard that we had, um, and we'd and we'd get a ball out and we'd we'd be playing there, and that was that was the most exciting part of the day. So, yeah, my dad likes to take some credit for it, but ever since I uh, can remember, I've I've um, yeah I've I've loved playing, and um, yeah, it's been it's been a part of my life from the start. Playing with your friends definitely inspired you. Any idea if that the concrete yard is still there? Does it, it still is, exist? Yeah. From my from my school, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it was uh Mosley Vale was was a school. It was like a, a junior school of, of Liverpool College. And um, yeah, it's still there. Um, you know, my my mom didn't live too far from there um for a period of time. And, you know, driving past and seeing seeing obviously the kids playing out there. There was like a tennis court where uh, you know, kids would go and play too, but but we'd always be on the on the concrete yard with our, you know, we'd put, you know, make little goals and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that was that was probably the start of it all. Who's, uh, whose kit were you wearing as a kid? Uh, I mean, to be totally honest with you, it's funny, funny story. Uh, obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan and, and, and love that club and was lucky enough to, to, to sign for them at a young age. But when I was really young, I want to say like five or six, I was just completely football obsessed. So I remember taking going on away with my grandparents and if there was an Aston Villa kit, if there was a Newcastle kit, a Blackburn kit, I would be I would be pestering my grandparents um to buy the kit and I would then I'd be rocking it for a week and then that one would get old and I'd want a new one. Um so I was just football obsessed at a young age. Um and yeah, I would for whatever reason, I, I would just get obsessed with different teams for about a week get their kits and then move on. But then obviously as I got older, um, you know, obviously started going to a few Liverpool games and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, obviously I went on, on trial with them when I was a little bit early, maybe nine, uh, I went on trial and then I signed for them when I was 10. Um, and then obviously since then I was, I was, uh, I was wrapped up in, in Liverpool. So, so you were collecting kits from a very young age. I'm curious, like, how many kits do you, could you possibly oh, have in your closet? Because you're had, collecting kits at yeah. a young age and then playing as long as you've had. I mean, yeah. you guys are exchanging jerseys after yeah. matches all the time. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a lot. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure my mom and dad and um, yeah, my grandparents and stuff like that weren't weren't too pleased that I was pestering for a new kit every week. But I must have had, yeah, I must have had a lot. Um, yeah, for years I was. I was obsessed with, with, with doing that. So, well, I'm sure the collection hasn't gotten any smaller. So, I mean, I, I it sounds like we got a good idea of what 10 year old Jack Metcalf was doing. What's uh what's 20 year old Jack Metcalf doing in Clemson, Clemson, South Carolina. Um, so yeah, that was obviously an interesting path, um, to come from, you know, well, I was at Liverpool from 10 to 17 and then I was at Wolves, uh, and I was actually living up there in Wolves um, with like a host family for just over 12 months. Um, and I would go home on the weekends and stuff, drive home. Um, so that kind of prepared me like living away from home a little bit, even though I was a couple hours away, you know, from 17 to 18, I was away from home during the week and stuff. Um, obviously training full time with, with Wolves. Um, and then, yeah, I, I went to Clemson, you know, they had a, an assistant coach who's still there now, Phil Jones. Um, who is from just outside of Liverpool, um, a big Everton fan, um, which didn't put me off, but uh, 
yeah, he's he was fantastic. And, you know, him and Coach Noonan, um, you know, brought me into Clemson and, you know, treated me so well. And and, and my time at Clemson was, was just fantastic. And I loved every second of it. I'm actually watching him right now. Um, they're playing UNCG. So they're on in the background. Uh, they're losing. But, no, those those four years there, so when I was 20, it was probably a sophomore there, uh, maybe junior. Um, but, yeah, that was a special time and a time where, yeah, I really grew up a lot, um, you know, living away from home um, and far away from home too. Um, you know, it's not like I could just drive home if I, if I was feeling a little homesick or something. Um, yeah, and I kind of had to grow up um, a lot there, both on and off the field, um, get my academics in order, which was a, a struggle for sure. Um, but now it was, it was a fantastic time. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll always look back on those those years with, with fond memories. How, how different is uh, 30-something-year-old Mr. Metcalf now compared to that 20-something-year-old at Clemson? <laughs> um, probably not that much different, to be totally honest. Um, Good, I know, like that. I was pretty pretty simple back then. Like, I, you know... Um, you know, I always lived pretty simply. Like, you know, I was I was training, I was going home, I was resting. I always enjoyed like going out with the guys, you know, having a good time. Um, but then, you know, when it comes to football, I was uh yeah, I was I was super focused and um, you know, my goal was to be a pro. And I think at Clemson, there's probably times when I thought that maybe it wouldn't happen. Um, and I think that's that's something probably a lot of college players go through um, because it's a, you never know like what, what is going to happen. And uh, as an international player, I was like, okay, well, if something comes up, it's something comes up, but I'm probably going to have to fight and scrap to, to earn a living and, and, and make a career out of it. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm probably not, not too, not too different now. Probably, probably uh, doing the same things that I was still doing back then. Apart from class, of course, I'm not a, I'm not doing any any class or anything like that, which uh, is a relief. You sound very content. You sound you sound happy. You sound like you're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Is there any advice? Like, would you want to give yourself any advice after now that your playing career is coming to a close? Is there something you wish you could have told yourself at, at Clemson that you know now? Yeah, um, yeah, and like I think I think you know there was a period of time when I was probably doubting myself um, after my Clemson career because. Um, you know, I didn't get drafted. Um, you know, I was speaking to a couple MLS teams um, about training camps and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I ended up through Colorado Rapids uh, going to a Charlotte Independence, like invite combine situation. Um, and then basically two days later, I signed, I got an offer and signed. Um, but I would say for six months, maybe even longer. Um, yeah, they, they, I was kind of like an in-between when, it's like, do I go home and, you know, pick up kind of where I left off four and a half years uh, prior um, and, and, you know, go on trial with some pro clubs there. But I was definitely doubting myself at, uh, at a time for, for a period of time. Um, so, yeah, I, the one piece of advice, if I could tell myself back then during that period, just stick with it, which uh, I eventually did, which was a struggle um, at times, like I said. But, um, yeah, sticking with it and... and um, you know, or believing in yourself and, 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 and yeah, just having that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that, that, that little, that little, uh, person in your head to tell you that, listen, it's going to be fine. You, you, you're going to get through it and, and you'll get to where you want to be. 
Yeah, that's a really good answer. Thank you for that. Um, how in the world did you end up in San Diego? Like how someone who grows up in Liverpool plays collegiately on the yeah. East Coast? I know time with Atlanta and, yeah. and elsewhere. How did you end up in San Diego? Well, uh, I'm first of all, I'm glad I ended up here. Uh, and what a place they both obviously the club, but also, you know, the city and the people that are here. It's just uh, an amazing place and somewhere that I'll be staying uh, moving forward. Um, but in terms of how I got here is, you know, I got a call from, from my agents and it was like, Hey, you know, I'm sure you've been um, keeping an eye on San Diego. They're starting, starting up in 2020. Um, and at the time I was in my second year with Atlanta United too. Um, and was probably going to stay there. Um, you know, I had a good relationship with a lot of people in the front office. Um, and it was kind of a thing where, you know, they, they wanted me to stick around. Um, and that was kind of probably what I was going to do. But, you know, the second I heard San Diego were interested, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's, you know, let's keep the, the conversations going. And then I think uh, there was one game I remember specifically, I think we played Charleston um, and I spoke to Landon, like my agent sort of um, linked me up with, with Landon. We had the chat and we were going to speak after the game. Um, yeah. And so once I spoke to Landon, I was like, okay, well, I'm in, I'm all in. Um, and yeah, we, uh, we made it work and, and I got out here, but uh, yeah, probably, you know, for sure. One of the best decisions I've, I've made in my career and the last three years have been the, the most enjoyable of my career. Um, so yeah, super, super grateful for, for obviously Landon and, and believing in me um, at that time. And, and all the club for for sticking by me for for three years and stuff, but it's been a it's been a, an unbelievable three three seasons here. It's so cool to think about that that moment where Landon kind of just pulls you aside. You guys have a conversation, and mm -hmm. I, I won't ask you what that conversation was, but then you you fast forward a few years, and yeah. Landon Donovan is right there having a conversation with you on the mm. field as you guys you're holding your jersey oh, it's yeah. framed you're looking at everyone in front of the home crowd a couple of years later experiencing everything you've experienced over the last couple of years i'll ask you what landon donovan told you then in that moment what was that like as you two were you go back years now and now you're, yeah. you're sharing that moment in a way there in front of everyone what was it like yeah he uh he just said of you know how proud he was of me um which of course means means so much to not just myself but my, my whole family um, and that, um, uh, yeah, he, he thanked me for, for everything that I've done for the club. And, um, you know, he, he said, enjoy the moment, um, uh, which was something I was kind of anxious about, you know, being the center of attention like that during a game is, uh, it was, it was a lot, but it was, uh, it was such a special moment and something that I'll never forget and always be thankful to, to everybody at the club for, for that moment. Um, and having my, my wife and, and my mom on the field with me too. Um, but yeah, Landon's words with, you know, how proud he was and, 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 um, and, and he thanked me for, for everything. And, and I said, you know, again, thank you for, for the past three seasons. And, um, it's a sad moment, but obviously it was, uh, it was one that'll live long in the memory. Do you ever wonder how in the world you traveled halfway across the world <laughs> to only play for yeah. a former Everton player? I know, I know. It's pretty funny because three or four of my friends are, are Everton, um, fans and stuff like that so you know on the videos where where landon was talking about they were they were sending me those and um they were saying like glad that you uh got a send off from an everton legend um uh, at the end of my career which is which is funny but it is it is funny and it is uh 
it's funny how 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 stuff works out in life. Uh, I think it's so good. I love that part. <laughs> Do you have a favorite moment playing playing for San Diego? Is there a goal that stands out? Is there an assist? Is there a cross that really stands out? You know what? That's a that's a good question and one that I probably haven't haven't thought about to be honest. Um, a favorite moment? Oh, God, there's there's been so many good wins. Um, you know, one one that stood out from from last season when I look back um, was we played Orange County at home, and we actually went down a man. And we were down a goal and we actually came back and won the game. And the noise inside Terrell, like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now. The noise inside Terrell was electric. And, you know, Terrell has an amazing atmosphere, um, you know, every time we play there. But on that night, you know, the circumstance of, of, of obviously going down a man and then obviously the, uh, the comeback win pretty late on. Like I can remember the whole team sort of, gathered in the middle of the field um, and we were all just like laughing because it was just ridiculously loud. Um, and and that's one moment that kind of stands out where, you know, the whole team, the staff, we were in the middle of the field and we were looking around and, you know, the whole stadium were, were on their feet. And um, yeah, that's a moment that, that when I think about it, I always get goosebumps. So I think that's, that's a, a standout for me. Mm -hmm. I, I know exactly the match you're, yeah. you're talking about yeah. and that same thing. And now I'm just starting to imagine what it's going to be like knowing that there's a home playoff game coming up at Terrero right. stadium, because right. right now in San Diego, like there is a real, there's a playoff energy happening oh, in yeah. the city and it's yeah. for a couple of teams and loyal are definitely one of them. And so the idea that like, everyone's really excited for the Padres to be playing their first home playoff game in front of fans since 2006, it's been forever. Like I was in high school the last time yeah. they played a home playoff game and San Diego loyal are about to play their first ever home right. playoff game. And so like, you just know the amount of people showing up and the energy inside is just going to be absolutely mm -hmm. unlike anything we've seen so far. And we've seen some really good stuff at Torero. Right. What was it like for you playing in front of the locals for the past couple of years? Oh, I mean, you know, there, there's, like I said, there's so many special people here at this club, but, but they, uh, they really set this club apart and um, you know, I played in front of, some amazing fans and, 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 um, you know, all over, all over the world, but, um, the locals, they do not stop. Um, and when I get people come into town, you know, friends, family, that's probably the first thing that they say, um, you know, the family section over there, you know, they, they look to the, to the, to the locals, um, and all the supporters groups on the left. I mean, they don't stop. And for us, that's, that's massive, um, both on and off the field. To know that uh that they're there and they're always supporting us but yeah they they don't stop um the energy that they they give the team um is real um and i think you know you, you've seen it um on the weekend when when they moved down to to behind the goal um this past weekend against new mexico um you know it felt like they were they were sucking the ball into the goal um and it's been like that on so many nights where you know whatever's going on in the game, we could be down, um, we could be tied, um, you know, and we're, and we're pushing for, for, for a goal. Um, yeah. They seem to, to will that ball right, right in there. So yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're unbelievable. And, and something that, that does set this club apart from, from a lot of teams in, in the league. After uh, lifting the cup in your final season, of course, to finish off your career, yeah. what, what's next? What, what are you up to next? Uh, yeah. So, um, I, 
always want to want to be involved in football in my life. I mean, it's been my life from from such an early age. Um, and honestly, it was something over the past couple of years, maybe longer, probably since I was 26, 27, that I've been trying to figure out, you know, what to do, whether that be coaching, um, you know, working in a front office or just trying to figure out what to do. And um, something that happened naturally was, you know, my relationship with my agents is, is really strong, um, you know, and he's someone who has guided me and, and helped me out so much in my career. Um, and yeah, it was something where, you know, I, I thought, you know, that could be interesting helping, helping guide other players um, and, and, and lead them on, on their professional careers. Um, and then it kind of happened naturally um, where I was just helping friends Um you know, if they they would text me, advise like, hey, you know, I'm looking to come to the US um, and I would obviously send them, you know, my, my agent's number and be like, hey, like he can help you. But these are the clubs that if you want to live here, these are the clubs. And I was just giving them friendly advice. And then, yeah, I, you know, when I was thinking about retiring, it was somewhere I was like, okay, well, you know, I've been helping my friends out. I have a have a good uh, relationship with my agents and and, and you know, I understand how much he's helped me um, in, in my career. So it was like someone that I that I want to give back to to players starting their careers or or players looking for their next move. I was like, okay, well, that's that's um, definitely something that I that I want to do. So so that's the path I'm going to go down. Um, yeah, I'm gonna gonna help players whether they're just starting their careers or whether they're looking for something different. Um, you know, guys coming from the UK looking to come to the US or guys in the U S looking to go to Europe, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I'm, I'm showing my age, but I've been around a while now. So I, I know, you know, obviously a lot of people across the board in the different leagues. Um, so yeah, something that kind of came naturally, um, and made the most sense. So that's, uh, that's what I'll be doing. Are you going to stay in San Diego? For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, myself and my wife, we love it here. Um, and it's, it's one of those places when it's quite funny talking about, my my uh my agents when i signed here he was like i'll never see you on the east coast again um uh, and it was something where we were laughing because he's lived out here and he lives um he lives uh on the east coast now but he was like ah you won't be coming back anytime soon and we laugh about it now but yeah we uh <laughs> we we find it hard to leave here and we've got so many close friends um and so many people that we've that we've grown to love here so um yeah we'll be We'll be staying in San Diego, and um, yeah, I'll be out at at, uh, at the lower games for sure next year. Um, but but instead of uh, instead of playing or or sipping water, I might have a beer in my hand. So be a bit of a different view. I'll I'll bring the Buena Vista. We'll share a beer together. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, from the concrete yards of Liverpool to the beaches of San Diego, what a yeah. beautiful story, Jack Metcalf. I'm hoping just this final season kind of just finishes exactly the way you deserve it. You know, like. Yeah, lifting a trophy with with your fellow teammates. That's what right. you guys deserve, and that's what well, that, we're all hoping that's for. The, uh, yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal there, um, and you know, I, I want to say thanks to to my teammates um, again because you know um, they've been they've been fantastic from from the first season, obviously last year too. Um, but but this group we've got here is is uh, you know I, I'll never forget this team and. And um, I'm lucky enough to to have been part of of this community, this team, and and everybody involved. And um, yeah, thanks to you guys for for all the uh, the help and support over the last few years. And um, yeah, 
it's been it's been a special ride, but a few more games left yet, and um, yeah, hopefully we, we can we can give this uh this city something it deserves. Absolutely, we'll finish strong, Jack. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jack Metcalf on the Always Loyal podcast. What a debut that was! Really, really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, the goal was to try to learn a little bit more about Jack Metcalf, the person, and I think we accomplished that. At least. That's what I hope. And I, I think we did. So our thank you to Jack Metcalf for spending some time and his retirement isn't official. Like it's not done. He's, he's still part of the team the rest of the season. And it's officially going to be a retirement at the end of the year, but an opportunity for San Diego in that final regular season game against New Mexico to really honor Jack Metcalf. They took advantage of that opportunity and uh, Landon Donovan was there. Uh, right next to him, the same way he was right next to him when he pulled him aside years ago to talk to him about the idea of potentially coming to San Diego for the very first time. And I thought that was a, a really cool story that Jack shared with us right there on the podcast, how how he even found his way to San Diego and everything that's happened these last couple of years and now setting himself up for what it will look like in a post-playing career. And it doesn't sound like he's going anywhere. He loves San Diego. That's It's not an uncommon move for someone to to come to San Diego and not want to move away once they're here for a while. So we uh, we're lucky to have him and we're, we'll see what happens. One more regular season game to go. Uh, we can give you the table. We mentioned in the opening segment that things will not change no matter what happens this weekend between San Diego and Sacramento, uh, San Diego will be the two seed Sacramento will be the four seed and San Antonio still top of the table out West Colorado Springs will not change. Uh, we know that for sure. So one through four already cemented out West and um, we'll see what's going on in the quarterfinals. San Diego will either play RGV or Oakland or El Paso or New Mexico or Las Vegas or Monterey Bay. So you tell me, I have no idea. Loyal do get Sacramento this Saturday night, 7 p.m. Final regular season game. There's a Wednesday night match this week. This podcast comes out on a Wednesday. I know there's a Los Angeles, New Mexico match that is very impactful on the table, especially for who San Diego might be playing in that quarterfinal match. That match is being played Wednesday so they can catch up to everyone else to be ready to go this weekend for everyone to play their final regular season game. And then Next weekend, the postseason underway, quarterfinals, San Diego will be involved as the two seed taking on the seven, whoever the seven may be. Our thanks to Jack Metcalf for joining the Always Loyal podcast. Of course, we missed Darren Smith today, but he will be back next week. Uh, our thanks to him, and we will see what happens this weekend against Sacramento, but we will be back next week for a playoff edition of the Always Loyal podcast. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. Baja Bound driving to Mexico? Visit BajaBound.com for the easiest way to get Mexican auto insurance for your trip. Their easy-to-use website allows you to buy your Mexico insurance in minutes from your computer or any mobile device. BajaBound.com, serving Mexico travelers since 1994.